If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of sighs guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without. Trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into today's Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. It's Ole Miss versus Arkansas coming up. On Saturday, the Rebels a two and a half point favorite. That line has been pretty steady the entire week on BetOnline.ag. Uh, excited to have Alyssa Orange coming on here in the second half of the show. Alyssa does a great job covering the Razorbacks for Pictrail Nation, anchoring there at KNWA and the Fox 24 affiliate, along with KARK. So uh, we'll get all of her thoughts about the game on Saturday. Alyssa is is has very much her ear to the ground when it comes to Arkansas athletics. And uh, it was a great conversation. And uh, looks like K.J. Jefferson's going to play. No surprise there. We, we thought that he was probably going to play. The Mississippi native uh, absolutely wants to avenge the loss that uh, the Razorbacks had last year in Oxford. Being a Mississippi native, played over at uh, North Panola High School in Sardis, just right down the road from Oxford. So, without question, K.J. is going to want to play. And, uh, boy, it's going to be a cold one. I think they're saying kickoff temperature is going to be around 33 degrees, dipping into the high teens by the end of the game. And that, of course, kickoff is at 630 over in Fayetteville. Not an easy place for the Rebels to play. A place that Ole Miss has not been very successful, only won twice in its history. Now, a reminder, a lot of those uh, Arkansas games that were played uh, they've been playing Little Rock, and, and then they've been playing Fayetteville. And, of course, Arkansas only joining the conference since uh, back in 1992. But, of course, we know Ole Miss played Arkansas uh, long before 1982. The original series record is the the Hogs lead 36-29-1. to 
And, uh, of course, we know they lead 12-2 and two in Fayetteville. The Rebels lead, actually, in Oxford after winning last year uh, eight games to six. But this this series, I mean, you guys know, you, you've seen this thing dating back to when the Hunter Henry heaved behind his head, the seven-overtime game, the Deuce McAllister game when he went crazy uh, one night, re- re- returning the kickoff for a touchdown. And, uh, of course, the Houston Nut game when he returned back to Fayetteville the last time the Rebels won in 2007 when the Rebels were in control of that game. And then all of a sudden, uh, Arkansas kicks an onside kick. They get it. They, uh, Ole Miss gets it, but then it's replay review. They said he's in bounds. And it, it's just been a heck of a series. I mean, you know, I guess we can call it a rivalry. It it probably should have some form of a trophy, I guess. But it's absolutely a rivalry. It's a series that, you know, it, it's been a little bit in Arkansas's favor. But Ole Miss has, has always played the Razorback stuff. And it's been a fun game, and I expect plenty of drama uh, on Saturday in Fayetteville. I mean, we've got the SEC crew of Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, and Cole Kublick. So I firmly expect <laughs> there'll be some drama, as always. It came out earlier in the week that Quinshawn Judkins was a finalist for the Connolly Award. That's, of course, the number one player in the state of Mississippi. And really should be a pretty easy decision for the committee. I mean, without question, the best player. Some of these numbers... Overall in the SEC, he's got 1,171 rushing yards. 742 have come in the SEC. 117.1 yards a carry. 123.7 yards in the SEC. He's got 15 rushing touchdowns overall. Ten of those came in SEC play. He's been phenomenal. 16 total touchdowns. All-purpose yards averaging 134 yards a game. And, of course, scoring per game, 11 points. Quinchon Jenkins averaging 11 points a game in SEC play. A three-time SEC freshman of the week, midseason freshman All-American. He made the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year semifinalist award list, leads the SEC and ranks number eight in rushing yards. He's got the Ole Miss single-season record holder in rushing touchdowns, and he needs just 142 yards of rushing yards to set the Ole Miss single-season record for rushing. He's been incredible, and Ole Miss is going to do everything it can to hold on to him to make sure that he's a Rebel next year. I'm, I'm sure they are. You know, it was a big day as we record on Thursday. It was a big day for the Grove Collective. Walker Jones notes that there, there are already over 4,000 members. They're knocking on the door for 5,000 members. Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit and On 3 affiliate pointed out how much money that had been raised, and it's a lot. Pointed out that uh, Lane Kiffin was asking for this amount, and they raised an upwards of over that amount. What does Lane Kiffin do? Uh, you know, I don't know. As we record, it's Ole Miss is doing everything it can. Look, if Lane Kiffin goes to Auburn, you wish him well. Because there's absolutely nothing Ole Miss could have done. I cannot tip my hat enough to Keith Carter and the administration for doing everything they can to keep Lane Kiffin an Ole Miss Rebel. They have gone they have gone above and beyond. The report today by Richard Cross pointed out that Lane Kiffin had an offer on the table from Ole Miss. That offer, of course, was big, and it's uh, it's something that Ole Miss has never done. They're they're playing. They're swimming in a pool that they've never swam in before. And I forget who said it, 
but 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 they they're giving Ryan Day Ohio State type money. They're playing with the big boys, and I think this does a lot for Ole Miss fans that they can appreciate the fact that they're not playing second fiddle to anyone. And I, you know, he may go. Lane Kiffin may go to Auburn, but it won't be because Ole Miss didn't do what was needed to be done. So then you ask yourself, what if he goes to Auburn? Well, what if he does? This job is in better position than it's ever been before. It's in better shape. The bones of this, now we could get into what players do this, that, and the other, but you know that you've got an athletic director that's that's playing with no fear, that, that that's, that's quote-unquote coaching with no fear, just like Lane Kiffin coaches with no fear. He's working with no fear. He's working like he being Keith Carter is working like that Ole Miss is not going to play second fiddle to anyone and he's proving it. He's proving it every single day. There was a report that came out that, you know, Auburn had not offered, but, you know, Lane Kiffin was talking about NIL and that sort of thing. Well, the report stated that there had been no communication with Lane Kiffin and, and the administration. Now, it was eventually amended to say that there was communication, but that almost started the ball rolling for all of the news that came out today. And, of course, it ended with an offer coming from Ole Miss, an offer that Richard pointed out that was upwards of $9 million a year. That's a game changer. That's a new day for Ole Miss sports. You talk about blowing ceilings out. You talk about busting out glass ceilings. That's what Keith Carter's doing. He's changing the game for Ole Miss Athletics right before our eyes, right now, by what he's doing by offering a substantial amount of money to be a head football coach at Ole Miss. And and people that have said, well, he only raised his salary $2 million. It's $2 million. $2 million raise. Not to mention what Lane has requested through NIL. From what we understand, someone that I would trust with any information that he tells me, Chuck Roundsville, says that they've done that for the NIL. Walker Jones was on Sports Talk on Super Talk on Thursday. Richard asked him point blank, what do you think? Lane Kiffin, you know, how's that conversation been? I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but what was the conversation like between Lane Kiffin and the NIL and, and you guys and the collective and that sort of thing? In regards to if Walker Jones thinks Lane Kiffin is pleased with the Grove Collective, I thought it was a great question by Richard. The answer, quote, I do. I know for a fact he does. We have far exceeded our goals financially. We sit here today in a great position, end quote. That says it all, ladies and gentlemen. Lane Kiffin asked for this amount of money for the NIL. We've learned today that Chuck Roundsville said that number has been reached. You wonder what Lane Kiffin thinks about the, the current structure of the NIL? what he thinks about the Grove Collective and and how it's done. Walker Jones tells Richard Cross today he believes they're in great position. He knows for a fact that 
that Lane Kiffin believes we're in a great position. End quote. What about the salary? Well, Richard tells us today on Sports Talk that it will be top 10 in the country. If Lane Kiffin leaves and goes to Auburn, it's not because Ole Miss didn't do everything in its power. Every single thing in its power to keep him here in the state of Mississippi. We'll know pretty soon. We'll we'll know in a couple days, frankly. There have been reports out there that Auburn has not yet offered Lane Kiffin. Remember, John Cohen supposedly has full autonomy of that hire. We're talking about Auburn here, but supposedly has full autonomy there. We will learn soon enough. There are two games to play. Will this be a distraction for this football team? I think there's enough leadership on this team that it shouldn't be. But we'll see. Could it be a distraction? It's cold. It's an away game. It's a night game. Which, by the way, the SEC just somehow just decides never to give Ole Miss a night game. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Obviously, it's the Egg Bowl is at a night game. You have to, I guess you have to play on a holiday in Oxford to get a night game. It's ridiculous. But you're on the road at night. It's freezing cold. You've got all this stuff going on. But you know the players know what's going on. And, and we don't know that there'll be any type of answers before the game. Sure, I mean, something could come up Saturday morning or Friday at some point. But right now, we just don't know. Will this team be able to muscle through all the distractions? Will it be able to take all the elements into play? I'm excited to see it. It's always a fun game. It's Ole Miss in Arkansas. And it's coming to you on the SEC Network, 6.30 Saturday afternoon, or Saturday evening, actually, from Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Alyssa Orange coming up after the break. A lot to talk about between Ole Miss and Arkansas right here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. is brought to you in part by bet online our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all of the latest odds news and sports developments for the nba playoffs major league baseball fights and nfl futures bet online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs including live betting and the fan favorite vegas casino and poker games it's really easy to get started just head on over to the website use your mobile device and sign up today use our promo code believe 50 b-l-e-a-v 50 and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus in your first deposit but online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate Family at 
messengerrealestate.com, and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555. Or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The Collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the GroveCollective.com. Join our team. Become a member today. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Welcome back into the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Like we said earlier, excited about our guest today. Alyssa Orange does a great job covering Arkansas for Pig Trail Nation. She's an anchor at KNWA, Fox 24, and KARK. Alyssa, this has been a fun season, but I know from a challenging standpoint, it's been kind of a challenge for Sam Pittman and this Arkansas team. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Excited to be here. Excited to talk about this game uh, because it really is a big game. For the Razorbacks, uh, and and it's a season that started off really well. Um, I think you can go to that Texas A&M game where, if you were to ask any Razorback fan at this moment if they could have a game back, it would be that one. Especially the way that Texas A&M has continued 
their season to go. Uh, you just look back at that game and Arkansas should have won it. Uh, but you were able to pick up some wins here and there, but you go on the road and lose at Mississippi State. You lose to Alabama. And um, it's one where it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? So now you're looking for win number six on the season still to be bowl eligible. And it's either going to have to come this week against Ole Miss or it comes next week on the road at Missouri, a place that's not very kind to the Razorbacks. You talk about not being very kind. That's exactly what Fayetteville is to the Ole Miss Rebels. Historically, Ole Miss does not play good on the hill. Uh, they're 2-12 in its history, only winning in 2000. And, of course, 2007, that was a game when Houston Nutt returned back to Fayetteville. And uh, the, uh, the Razorbacks under Bobby Petrino would use an onside kick and had a chance there late in the game. Ole Miss would win. The last time Ole Miss has won in Fayetteville, not an easy place to play. You look at where Ole Miss is walking into. It's a bit of a buzzsaw. We expect from everything we've heard to K, uh, that K.J. Jefferson is going to play, and it's going to be in the low 30s. This feels like an opportunity to, quote, unquote, get right for the Razorbacks, at least from an Ole Miss standpoint. I'd love your thoughts. Everything is lining up in that direction, right? I, I By the way, on the flip side, I know Arkansas is very happy that this game is in Fayetteville because Oxford's not very kind unless it's 2015 to the Razorbacks. Um, but it's one of those things where – uh, K.J. Jefferson is still up in the air. And if he does play, you know you're not playing with a fully healthy K.J. Jefferson. Um, if there's any game on the schedule that he looks forward to every year, it's this old Miss game, right? He's from Sardis, Mississippi, right outside of Oxford. Um, he, he likes to play this game. He wanted to win that game so badly last year. Uh, he put everything and then some into that game. So this is a little bit of a revenge game for him. Um, but he's not 100% healthy. Uh, and this offense has got some issues right now. The offensive line, uh, we're all scratching our heads a little bit in Fayetteville, just wondering what is going on. You're you're an offensive line that, that has already gotten Rocket Sanders to over that 1,000-yard rushing mark. But for the last two games, you can't rush for over 150 yards total as a as a as an offense um you've got a kj jefferson who i said is not very healthy and um and now you know you warren thompson just left the team yesterday um and so what's going on inside this locker room there's a lot of um issues i think right now outside of just playing a football game that this offense is trying to figure out defensively you're looking at a defense that has completely done 180 in the in the opposite direction. And for the past six, um, for the past, uh, you know, I think it was like four four or six quarters, uh, they haven't allowed a touchdown. Uh, and so it's been really impressive to watch them play and watch them turn around. And they've added some new pieces on the defense. Um, but it's it's really what is the offense going to bring to the table because that's going to be the deciding factor in this game. Yeah, I want to get to the offense and defense in just a moment. Before I do, a lot of people back in Oxford have been kind of fascinated watching, um, I guess you could say, the the advent of, of Sam Pittman. The the starting, you know, turn the damn jukebox on, you know, the, the all the stuff that comes with him. It seems that's kind of died down this year, so he's kind of um, – obviously face some adversity. One thing that I've noticed, and I've watched a couple of the last press conferences getting ready for this game, and it feels like Sam is the is your uncle at Thanksgiving that knows everything about the NFL and can tell you every player. He seems very easy to talk to in conversation. He calls media members out by their first name. 
am I missing something? But he seems to be like a genuinely good person. I, I know that doesn't matter in today's yeah, college football sure. game, but he seems like a really good dude. He is. Uh, he is 100% real. What you see is what you get from Sam Pittman. And it's been that way, Brad, since he – um, was here as an offensive line coach. I mean, I would remember when I covered him back when he was here under Brett Bielema, where he would come in and sit down when we would talk to assistants, take his shoes off, say hello, ask how our day was, and then get into whatever questions we had for him that day. And he hasn't changed. Now he's not taking his shoes off or anything like that, but I mean just as a personal um personal way he hasn't changed at all he is just uh the same guy that he was when he was here before in terms of of truly caring um and you know he for example last week against um against LSU there was a question that was asked in the press conference that um you know coaches get asked questions all the time that they don't like right uh, but Sam was very good at answering it and then afterwards came up to that reporter and spoke to him off to the side. I mean, he truly is a genuine person um, when it comes to human interaction. Uh, but I think he's also learning, too, now as we've hit some adversity for the first time truly in the Sam Pittman era, uh, that it's tough to be a balance between being a head coach and some of these media members asking the tough questions and still being um, – still being authentic if that makes any sense but he is he has always been uh, a kind kind person he's a good person it's why he recruits so well he's genuine people want to be around him uh, and I think that's why he's had success so far now he's got to figure out how to maneuver through some adversity and keep things intact yeah real quick before we look at this offense and defense not at all intimating that there's anything going on in regards to a hot seat or anything like that. But just for not his legacy, but but his time as head coach at Arkansas, how important are these final two games for Sam Pittman? I think they're huge. I, I They really are. One, uh, you can't go to a um, an Outback Bowl last year and not go to a bowl the year before uh, with with more talent that you've recruited in uh, plus the guys that you have coming back. And I know the injury bug and everyone can you can get on that uh, side of things and argue that as well. But the, the deal is from a from an outsider point of view, just looking at it on paper, that's a step backwards. Uh, even if they do get to six wins, going to a lower bowl than the Outback Bowl is still a little bit of a step backwards. But at least you're going to a bowl game. He has got to show some kind of sustainability with this football program. Or people are going to start wondering, are we getting to a point where the honeymoon phase is over and how is this actually going to work out with Sam Pittman? Um, That's an outsider point of view. I have no idea, obviously, what Hunter Yurchek is thinking, uh, but it's important. Their their perception is huge in college football, right? So you've got to be able to show, hey, we hit some roadblocks this season and it was tougher than it was the past two years, but... We rallied the ship. We were able to get it right and at least get to a bowl game and, and have an opportunity to win a bowl game. Um, and, and that's a sign of a good coach that doesn't let a team fall off the track and remain off the track. Yeah, the reason I asked that question, Alyssa, just from an outsider point of view, uh, why I think the, the next two games are important? Because it looked like that, that, that Arkansas punted last week against LSU. Mm-hmm. It did. It looked like they were getting ready for the final two games. They smell blood in the water with Ole Miss, and they understand that Missouri is a team they can beat. 
and LSU comes in. Uh, I don't think LSU played great. I thought Arkansas defensively, you talked about it earlier, played really well. It felt like offensively Sam Pittman was like, we're punting, we're going, we're, we're, we're going all in on Ole Miss and Missouri. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess from a perception, yeah. I mean, they wanted to win that game, and unfortunately K.J. Jefferson wasn't available. And you go back to when you had Malik Hornsby against Mississippi State, he played much better after Kate Fortin started. That didn't go very well. They bring in Malik Hornsby. It was a little more successful offensively. You didn't see any of that against LSU. And um, if you looked back at some of the tape at all, a lot of it had to do with the offensive line where if Malik Hornsby didn't get the ball right away, he, you know, Harold Perkins was coming for him. I mean, he was the defensive player nationally of the week for a reason. He wrecked havoc all over the place. Um, but Malik Hornsby couldn't get it done. And then they put Cade Fortin in there and he was able to do a little bit. Uh, but I wish they'd have gone to that decision more. But I remember being up in the press box and looking down on the field and K.J. Jefferson out of an offensive um, huddle goes into the medical tent on the sidelines. And I was like, K.J. Jefferson in the medical tent. Because I really think that they were looking at this bone bruise that he has on his clavicle saying, are you sure you can't go? How are you feeling, K.J.? Are you good? You know, they wanted, okay, things aren't going that way. Are you good? Are you sure you can't go? And I don't think he could. So they put Kate Fortin in there. So I don't think that they were necessarily giving up offensively. I just, it's the the options at the moment behind KJ Jefferson are not consistent enough to be successful, regardless of what you do. Yeah, let's look at this offense. One position, Alyssa, we've not talked about, and that's wide receiver. Traylon Burks in the NFL, he, he just killed Ole Miss last year. Uh, mm-hmm. No one this year has really stepped up. No one has been that, that, that wide receiver that Jefferson can take the top off of. You you know, Keytron Jackson Jr., uh, the transfers, Matt Landers, and then Jaden Hazelwood. Mm-hmm. Is there someone you think has the best opportunity or someone that we can circle that might step up over the next couple of games? Yeah, here here's the deal. So Matt, if Matt Landers gets started early, look out for Matt Landers. And K.J. Jefferson has said this before. Matt's really, really hard on himself. And if you don't get his confidence going early in a game, it's not going to happen. And so if they go to Matt Landers a little bit early in the game and he kind of starts to feel a rhythm, he can be um, really disruptive offensively. And he's a guy. Jaden Hazelwood, we still haven't seen this Jaden Hazelwood we heard about in the offseason. He's had some really great catches here and there. They do a couple fancy sweeps with him uh, in the backfield. But um, I don't necessarily think it was to a point what people were expecting with him. And I don't know if that's a scheme thing or I just don't know if that's a, you know, him and KJ are, consider- are still growing their chemistry uh but if i have to pick a guy it's matt landers watch out for him if he can get going early he is going to be kj jefferson's go-to guy um throughout the game uh that is going to be able to go downfield and make a big play when arkansas needs it if they need it against Ole miss that offensive line we talked about it earlier ricky stromberg came into this year the senior the leader on this team but it has been a whole lot of hodgepodge over the last couple of weeks. What are you kind of expecting over the next couple of games? Well, you hope you get Dalton Wagner back. He wasn't there against LSU, right? So, yeah, Tykes Crawford playing for the very first time uh, starting. And and that was a little bit uh, of a culture shock, I think, for him just going up against that LSU defensive line. You hope you can get him back. 
And you hope that this offensive line just settles back into where they were a couple of weeks ago. If they can just understand, you know, KJ Jefferson's back there. And uh, I mean, Sam Pittman said this uh, after the game against LSU. He was like, "It." I mean, we got to block somebody. It doesn't matter who's in the pocket. If you can't block anybody, you're not going to be successful. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Uh, and for someone who is an offensive line guy, you expect that if of any position on the field that that Sam Pittman's going to get this offensive line going back in the right direction. It tied in Trey Knox, the senior, has had a pretty good year. And I'm asking this, I'm not really sure. What's the story on Hudson Henry, the redshirt junior, and then also Nathan Bax, the senior transfer? Uh, is there, are those two, are, are they injured or are they, are they playing? What, no, what's kind of the story there? Yeah, you know, it, this is all real, you know, what we've heard. Um, I think that Hudson Henry just came in so highly touted as a freshman, right? Following in the footsteps of his brother Henry uh, Hudson or I'm Hunter sorry, Hunter Henry, yeah. and I, I know that name gives Ole Miss fans some nightmares. Ooh. Fourth and twenty-five, I understand, <laughs> but um, comes in so highly recruited, and that's a lot of pressure. And then um, don't know if he's developed the way they thought he would, um, and come along the way he thought they would, and and that's just kind of the story. There is he's just not quite up to where they thought he would be and same thing maybe with Nathan Bax um Trey Knox is is good over there um unfortunately we've seen passes fall through his hands or bounce off of his chest into the hands of a defender we saw that against Liberty uh for an interception in the end zone there have been little things here or there from Trey Knox that um that have made things a little difficult for the tight end but he's got the body type to be successful Looking at the defense, and uh, everybody kind of looks at Drew Sanders. The junior transfers had a great year. Bumper pool in his 17th year at linebacker for Arkansas. The linebacking <laughs> core <laughs> the linebacking core is one that's one of the best in the conference. Mm -hmm. uh, what about that defensive front? Uh, yeah, you know, this is, a, this is a defense. It's finally good to see Barry Odom go. But, you know, he played a three-down um, – front and and that's tough on a defensive line right when you only got three guys rushing and you've got everybody back in in, in uh the secondary just trying to prevent big plays that's how they played against mississippi state um but they've been able to really blitz a little bit more these last couple of weeks i think they've got guys in the right position now uh where people are just feeling more comfortable um you know we got to see eric gregory zach williams um I mean, Arkansas had seven sacks last week against LSU. So we've been able to see them have a little bit more success. And this is a team that still leads the SEC in sacks, despite having a couple um, setback weeks and games over the last couple of weeks. And so if they're able to get some pressure, um, I think that's going to be the most beneficial thing for them up front is to get to that quarterback. Because when they do, they're successful defensively. And then you've got Bumper Pool, you've got Drew Sanders, and then they've got a guy who comes in and switches some with Bumper Pool on third down and, and Chris Poupal. And uh, he's a really, really good sophomore that's going to have a really good career in the SEC. But uh, that's their bread and butter up front. And with so much injury in the secondary and just lack of experience back there, they have to be able to cause a little havoc up front or it's going to be a long day. Yep, no Jaden Catalan was injured. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hated to hear that at the beginning of the year, so the secondary oh, 
Yeah, the secondary has struggled some this year. Listen, before we let you go, what are some keys for Arkansas? Uh, if, if we talk Sunday morning and Arkansas has won this game, what does Arkansas have to do to beat Ole Miss on Saturday? Well, one, K.J. Jefferson has to play. Uh, it's, it's really that simple. So, K.J. Jefferson has to play this game, uh, and, and the run game has to get going. If Rocket Sanders only rushes for 86 yards, they're not successful. Rocket Sanders, this rushing game has to be able – to get some yards, open up that pass game. And uh, that's when this offense is at its best. This defense I'm not worried about, but it's this offense. They've got to be able to keep up with Ole Miss on the scoreboard. She's Alyssa Orange. does a great job at Pig Trail Nation, covering all things Arkansas, an anchor there at KNWA, Fox 24, and KARK, and also Mom to Bella, who we hear in the background. Yeah. All right. Alyssa, thanks very much for joining us today. Look forward to uh, to getting all the coverage of Ole Miss and Arkansas, and we appreciate you joining us today. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, too. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks very much to Alyssa Orange for joining us today. Alyssa, of course, covers the Arkansas Razorbacks for Pig Trail Nation, KNWA, the Fox 24 affiliates, and KARK. She's at Alyssa Orange, A-L-Y-S-S-A Orange, on Twitter and does a great job covering the Razorbacks in all sports. And it's going to be a big one on the Hill. Excited about it. 6.30 kickoff. I expect a raucous crowd inside Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. It's going to be absolutely frigid in northwest Arkansas. How does this team respond? All of the surroundings going on with Lane Kiffin. How does it respond in the cold? Could see a heavy dose of Quinshawn Judkins. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Arkansas Ole Miss, always a fun game. And we'll have all the recaps for you on an instant I mean, as soon as that game's over, we're going to record a podcast and get you all the calls and all the stats and all that good stuff immediately following the game. That's been a big, big, uh, big, big deal for us, and it's been a great response. So excited about bringing that for you. Excited about our sponsor, too, as well, Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events. Find reviews and news of every league, including the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Head on over to Bet Online today, use that mobile device, and join and make your very first sports bet using the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also excited to come to you from the Debbie Johnson studio. Give Debbie Johnson a call. She's with Cash Real Estate. She's our real estate agent. She can be yours today. Call her on her cell, 662 689 0090 Debbie Johnson, our real estate agent here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Thanks again to Alyssa for joining us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ole Miss, Arkansas, 630 on the SEC Network. Catch the pregame, of course, on the Ole Miss Radio Network with David Kellum, Harry Harrison, John Darnell on the sideline. We've got Brett Norsworthy, Gary Darby doing all the pregame. That starts at 430 with kick at 630 on the Ole Miss Radio Network. We'll have the recap for you, the instant Rebel analysis, the instant postgame show right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network.
You've been listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, uh uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, right? Gathering information, you get buy-in from every team, Uh, you know, following up. That's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know.